In the winter of 1969, an elite force of the U.S. Army was sent on a top-secret assignment in southeast Vietnam. The objective, rescue Sergeant Fourleaf Tayback from a heavily guarded NVA prison camp. The mission was considered to be near suicide. Of the ten men sent, four returned. Of those four, three wrote books about what happened. Of those three, two were published. Of those two, just one got a movie deal. This is the story of the men who attempted to make that movie. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Colton Jenkins. And this is Filmgasm. Welcome to the Filmgasm Podcast. Our mini-series into movies about movies, Realgasm, concludes with arguably the funniest movie ever made about the absurdity of the film industry, 2008's Tropic Thunder. Oh boy, I have ever since I conceived the idea of doing a podcast, I have wanted to do Tropic Thunder. This is one of my favorite movies <laughs> of all time. I am so excited to do this today. Uh, holy hell, I never get tired of this movie. I've seen this a hundred times. Uh, what's your history with this film? Um, as I was getting into, you know, I was like, oh, I, I'm, I'm a movie guy. I really like movies. My friend was like, man, you gotta check out tropic thunder so he came over to my house one day after school and he was like all right let, let's watch it and the whole it's a movie about a movie blew my mind i didn't realize that that was robert downey jr i didn't realize that that was you know uh i always fucking do this how do i forget the most famous tom cruise jesus christ <laughs> hey, i didn't realize that was him um wonderful movie so funny, so many quotable lines. Um, yeah, my friend showed me this, not my dad this time. So that's ironic because my dad showed me this one. Um, this was my first midnight showing back when when films would premiere, you know, instead of coming out seven o'clock on the Thursday before their release, it was a midnight mm. screen. It was like it comes out on midnight, so you gotta get tickets for midnight. I was 13. I'd never done that before. I was seeing I was with my dad for for the summer and we went and saw tropic thunder with him and a couple of his friends and you know my dad never vetted anything he, he didn't oh man he just thought this looks funny so as soon as al pacino came on singing i love the pussy <laughs> my dad had a moment of like oh my god <laughs> his his mom's gonna be so pissed at me and oh. i meanwhile was like this is gonna be the greatest movie i've ever seen <laughs> oh. and to this day i've never laughed harder in my life than the first time I saw Tropic Thunder. Mm -hmm. It is, I was immediately infatuated. I thought this was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. And to this day, it makes me laugh. I I love it. It's it's a great memory for me. And yeah. it's just a funny fucking movie that really, really holds up. It's so good. I can't believe also that's the way it starts. Right? There's no like, you know, production cards, nothing. It just starts with a commercial to buy booty sweat. I love how, like what a provocative commercial for like soda. <laughs> yeah. That didn't, that didn't make it. That didn't air. No, that's yeah. <laughs> you're not going to see that on TV in between episodes, oh. between law and order, re, you know, reruns. No, uh, 
Yeah, I love that in the fake trailers that establish the tone of each of their kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Love that. That immediately was like, this is this is clever. This is smart. Yeah. Uh, Which one <laughs> would you see? <laughs> Between Scorcher 6, Batty's Fart 3, and Satan's Alley. Yeah. <laughs> Pro- probably Scorcher 6. I've It looked interesting. And I, and I love the idea of, you know, the whole this time it's different thing. Like, <laughs> But this time it's different. The amount of effort that goes into those movies is exactly that. I love yep. it. That same year, <laughs> the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor came out. Oh, no. And the phrase, here we go again, is actually in that trailer. No, oh, <laughs> my in, God. And in the movie. And I was like, I just kept thinking of fucking Scorcher. Here we go again. Again. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Scorcher, for sure. It, it goes Scorcher, Satan's Alley, and then Fatties. I don't like, that seems like a... Adam Sandler type movie. Um, that's not my kind of thing. Like Jack and Jill, not it's, my thing. It's it's clearly like very heavily based on the uh, Eddie Murphy's Nutty Professor. Movie. Oh, yep, it is very much Which, Eddie Murphy. I actually like those movies. I think they're funny. I like I like Nutty Professor. It's it, it's very good. But this know. this looks like insanely obnoxious. I don't know if I could do. Yeah. Like, no, there's a few fart scenes in those movies. Like okay, but the whole movie, I don't. I couldn't do that. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. That's uh, how I feel about Adam Adam Sandler. His comedies are not fun. Well, some of them, some of them are good, but man, pump, he has a lot of stinkers. Let me tell you, Pump your Breaks, kid. That man's a national treasure. <laughs> no, I do think like Sandler had his day in the sun in the '90s, but he's done a lot of shit since then. But when he goes, he does have his moments of like, holy shit, that guy can act. You know, we punch, yeah. punch love, uncut gems. We he oh is, my god, he's there, but. He also did Jack and Jill and just go with it and all that shit. So like yeah. the guy just likes making movies with his buddies who can yeah. blame him. If I had, you know, a limitless fortune, I'd do the same shit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like three days after Christmas. We watched, I know it's not a Christmas movie. It's a Hanukkah movie, but we just watched a crazy nights and fuck that movie is so funny. Oh my God. I haven't seen that since I was a kid, honestly. Like, I don't remember it very well. I remember I really liked it when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it since. It's so good. <laughs> um, and then there's Satan's Alley, which is your your typical Oscar bait kind of yeah. movie with you know two gay priests in a forbidden romance. <laughs> when when Toby Maguire showed like when he shows up. I was like, I was like, oh, that's funny. They got Toby Maguire to to do this part of this actor, and then it says starring. Toby Maguire. I was like, holy shit. I love they introduced him as MTV award, like MTV's best kiss winner, Toby Maguire. Yep. That's his accolade. <laughs> That's so good. What's well, yeah, that I <laughs> you know what the term Satan's alley means, right? No. The asshole. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I figured. I figured. That's the gag. You know what's funny is if that movie was actually made, I would probably go see it. Like that actually, would, if that if, if if Satan's Alley was a real movie, Austin and I would have done an Oscar Sunday episode <laughs> on it. We'd be talking about how much we love Kirk Lazarus. We'd be talking yeah. about his Oscar resume. <laughs> Man, yeah, we'd definitely go see that. One hundred percent. I'd also go see Scorcher yeah. for sure. <laughs> I want to see the. You know the first five before I go see part six. 
but no, you can they're they're not uh they're not canon you can skip the second one it, different director <laughs> oh that's that's funny he goes to mars in the third one <laughs> i've always wanted to try booty sweat and a busted nut bar yeah absolutely oh my god and they briefly did release booty sweat we're going to talk about that uh oh they did a tie-in that didn't quite take off oh, man. <laughs> oh okay so my question to you the most controversial aspect of this film is undeniably robert downey jr's character kirk lazarus an Australian actor so insanely method that he undergoes a pigmentation alteration procedure in order to play a black character in the movie within the movie. Amazingly, there has been no long-term backlash about Downey's black-faced character. The film is 15 years old and has never been, you know, canceled. Like, there's been no attempt to, like, destroy Downey's career for participating in this or anything. Like, there have been people who are vocal. Like, there's a lot of letterbox reviews about how horrible this movie is for doing that. But there hasn't been like a, you know, Kevin Spacey, Louis CK level of, we need to destroy this movie. And I'm wondering like, why do you think that is? Why there's no backlash? Yeah. Well, first of all, before we were talking, before we started recording, I, I briefly mentioned it. So I get what they're doing. You know, you're shining a light on how bad, blackface is and like you pointed out you can't really in a movie you can't really point out how bad something is unless it's in the movie no and that's what they do with the character you know um blackface is obviously not a good thing but the reason i don't think there's any backlash against robert downey jr is because one it's not his movie he just starred in it it's just a character he did Mm -hmm. second he had a really hard time agreeing to do the role and also, because it's fucking funny, his character is the best part of the movie. Um, and also, it does shine a light on how negative blackface is and how destructive it was when it was a thing. I mean, it, it, I'm sure it's still a thing today in some circles of uh, people. Um, but um, but yeah, I just think the message was good. The actor is a good person. Um, and it's not really... Like, like you said, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey <laughs> raped children. Allegedly. We have to say allegedly. Allegedly. allegedly raped children. Um, you know, this is just a character he played. True. True. I'm 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 not against the movie at all, obviously. I'm not either. Yeah. It's just interesting that in this day and age, like people are always kind of dredging up celebrities like dark pasts or like stuff they did in movies or like movies that are not okay now things like that and i'm just surprised that tropic thunder has not yet come up like you'd think that this would have been one of the first ones to go when people started no longer taking jokes yeah yeah um i think we've talked about it before i don't believe in canceling movies no 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 not at all no no um Okay. Okay. Let me put it this way. Pick. Okay. Picture um, a movie like Fatties. I like the Nutty Professor, but it was it was all an entirely blackface movie. That would be bad. But a movie like this with somebody handling it like Robert Downey Jr. and they do shine a light on the fact that it's awful and horrible, while also poking fun at method acting. 
you know, I, I think, think it gets yeah. away with. Yeah, I think for, I think ultimately what saves the movie is everyone's in on the joke. Yeah, like we all get it. We all know this is not supposed to be like a good character. He's supposed to be an asshole for doing this. Yes, exactly. And that's another thing. That's another way they get away with it is it's not Robert Downey Jr. in blackface. It's Robert Downey Jr. playing a man who supports the idea of doing blackface. Yeah. It's a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. <laughs> uh, it's a weird as hell performance. And I think it's hilarious. And I love how uncomfortable everybody is about it. And he does not see a problem with this. But also yeah. neither does the studio that paid for his alteration procedure so he could do this. Oh my God. Yeah. Like Les Grossman has no problem with this because he was a, a get because he got this actor to be in the movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, as Al Pacino, another just fantastic named character says in the movie, you know, they had one good part in it for a black man and they gave it to Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> like it's a great moment, <laughs> but like, yeah, I'd be pissed <laughs> as hell if, you know, yeah. yeah. So I, I love the, it's the, it's the smart script. It's the handling of the very sensitive topic and the inclusion of the joke. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to get <clears throat> anyone after us, but I want to know how the Church of Scientology was okay with letting Tom Cruise be in this movie as that character. Well, considering he's almost basically in charge of the search of Church of Scientology, I think he just <laughs> said, I'm going to do this, and then I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, one day, one day the the veil's gonna fall and Hollywood is gonna come down on that cult. We're gonna mm -hmm. we're getting there. It's it's close. Really? I hope so. Feels close. Feels like yeah. there's less positive shit hearing about them now. Like no one's taking that shit anymore. The, they're out of Kool Aid, and there's no one. No one's ran out of Kool. They ran out of Kool Aid. Of Kool -Aid. <laughs> they're using Tang now. Ugh. You know, it wasn't even really. It wasn't Kool Aid at Jonestown. It was Flavor Aid. Yeah. Yeah, I heard. Sucks that Kool-Aid got branded with that horrible shit. They didn't even, they had nothing to do with that. Yeah, and it, you know, created one of the, you know, a, a big saying is don't drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Don't drink the Flavor-Aid. Nope. Yes, he doesn't roll off the tongue, you know? Yeah. You think if no. you're going to mass execute an entire cult of your followers, you'd spring for the, the brand name shit? Yeah. You think shit? I mean, Heaven's Gate—they all bought Nikes, matching Nikes. Yeah, say what you want about Marshall Applewhite. He—he he took care of his people at least until he <laughs> you know, had them kill themselves. Oh my god! At least he let people go. He was like, "Hey, we're gonna go see the mothership, but if you don't want to do that, leave now, please." Yeah. You know, I um, shit, I might die tomorrow because of this, but um, you know, I I, I actually sent them an email. You sent Heaven's Gate an email? Yeah. So I'm like, I think cults are super interesting, right? Yeah. And I really wanted their book, you like, you know, like their Bible or whatever, their religious text. So I made a fake email <laughs> and I emailed them and I was like, hey, um, I'm just interested in your, you know, your work. Uh, that sounds really dark, but I meant their religious texts. And I was like, is there any way I can get I'm a big fan of what you've done in the past? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah no. No. I was like, is there any way I can get a copy of, of the book? And after I hit send, I realized that even though I sent them, I, I mean, sorry, even though I created a new email, 
I forgot to sign into that email account before sending them email. So they have my real email address. So, you know, but anyway, they replied back to me. They're like, yeah, sure. Just send $30 cash to this address and we will send the book back to the return address. I never followed through because I got too scared, but they sent me, they sent me all of their videos and it was horrifying to watch. They sent me like their instruction videos, you know, all the talks they had. And they also sent me, um, like their exit interviews. And that was awful to watch. That was horrible. So scary. I mean, you're probably the first person to send them an interest email in like 30 years. So probably yeah, they're going to, they're going to focus like, you know, you're the, you're the guy who wandered into the car dealership when they haven't sent a, they haven't sold a car in three decades. And yeah. now they want to sell you a car. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the only reason I felt safe doing that was because he he did let people go. He was like, "All right, you don't want to be part of it." That's fine. Yeah, if I was going to be harassed by any cult, I'd pick Heaven's Gate because if I feel like if I tell them to stop, they're they're going to stop. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't even have to, I didn't have to tell them to stop. I just didn't respond, and they never got back to me. So I think I'm in the clear. I don't think anyone's going to show up to my house. But what's interesting is apparently when they all, um, you know, committed suicide. Two people stayed behind to run the website. So I wonder if I'm actually talking to the actual two people that are left or I wonder how it works. Like, is the cult like still around or is it like people who like. Is it like historians keeping the side alive? I, I don't know. You know, it's got to It's got to be the people who were left behind. I mean, that's that is that that's what's left of Heaven's Gate. And they were told by the great leader, you know, watch the website. Watch and the website. They just have. I mean, what else, me, what else they got? Watch. They were like, hey, in a couple years, some random person's going to email you asking for the book. <laughs> he is your savior. Make sure you respond. He is the great one reincarnated. <laughs> Follow his design. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus H. That's yeah. wild. I mean, of course, they could be right, and there could they could just be you know angelic aliens up there on a mothership just watching. Sure, they they could be us poor souls wander through our lives unhappy and wonder why we have not chosen to do the same. Hey, there's a very slim, very slim possibility that every cult is one of them's correct. You know, one of my favorite bits from the movie <laughs> Little Nicky. I think it was Little Nicky. It might have been South Park, but it was somebody. Like, they go to hell. And the devil's people are like, just want to let you know, you may be wondering why you're in hell. Turns out the Mormons were right. Everyone else was wrong. So that's why you're here. Oh, man. I love that shit. Uh, that's wild, though. Uh, keep me informed if, you know, I feel like this is not the last we're going to hear of Heaven's Gate. That's no, I'll probably. Uh... I mean, shit, I might get a P.O. box and send them the money. I might start an email that says like, you know, Marshall Applewhite part two at Yahoo and act <laughs> like, you know, hey, I'm back. Uh, I recently had an awakening. Uh, turns out we got to rebuild this cult. Oh, I'm sorry. We got to rebuild this organization of love. I've always wanted to see. I don't know if it's like illegal, but I've always wanted to like start my own cult to see how many people I can get to join. I think it's legal as long as I do not accept money from them. No, it's, you you can't legally accept money, but what you can do is welcome donations of any kind. Because then it's not you're not buying it. You're not 
like buying their love, they're donating to you. That's how they get around it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So it's not starting a cult is super. Yeah, you don't have it's not illegal at all until you start, you know, raping the members and making absolutely. Then it then it gets it's shit. Yeah. What if that happens? What if I start a cult as a joke, as a little bit, and then it all goes to my head? What if I'm a psychopath underneath all this? You know, I've, 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 I've almost started a cult so many times. Like when I'm just like fed up with life, I'm like, I could. What if I just start a cult and just work from there? Want to something crazy? Mm. Our mutual friend joined a cult in college. Are you shitting me? No, I'm serious. They joined a cult for, I think they said like a month before realizing it was a cult and left. You know, that's not really helping what I told you before we started recording about <laughs> my recent revelation with women. <laughs> uh, yeah. Holy shit. You think you know somebody, turns out you've never fucking met them. Yeah. Uh, that's insane. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> the Viet Cong is kind of a cult. I'm just kidding. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, fucking Hollywood is very much a cult. I mean, you got to yes. be nuts to believe the shit they believe. To believe mm-hmm. that every actor is pretty much fostered to think they're the center of the universe. Not yeah. Fucking wild. Only you know Scientology could only take root in a place like Hollywood. <laughs> uh so. Just to qualify, I just I want to talk a little bit more about Downey's position on the mm. legacy of Tropic Thunder. And he was at, um, he was interviewed recently. Uh, it was comedian and uh, increasingly more embarrassing podcast host Joe Rogan, who just keeps mm. making an ass out of himself at every opportunity. Uh, Downey, he's was, a prick. He really is. I liked his stand up, and I was really hoping he wasn't what he is, but he is. He has moments. I'm like, oh, maybe you're a good guy, and then he talks like conservative alpha alpha male shit and i'm like what are you doing for me it was the the horse the like the horse medicine shit with covid like he was promoting that that's when i was like yep you're off the deep end i'm done with you yeah that was rough but he did an interview with downey and they talked about tropic thunder Hmm. and he said he's got no regrets taking the role he said quote ben knew exactly what the vision for this was he executed it it was impossible to not have it be an offensive nightmare of a movie and 90% of my black friends were like, dude, that was great. I can't disagree <laughs> with the other 10%, but I know where my heart lies. I think that it's never an excuse to do something that's out of place and out of its time. But to me, it blasted the cap on the issue. I think having a moral psychology is job one. Sometimes you just got to go, yeah, I effed up. In my defense, Tropic Thunder is about how wrong blackface is, so I take exception. Yeah, I think yeah. I summed it up pretty good. Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's not like the main message of the movie, which I, I can understand how some people can like look at the movie and be like, it doesn't talk about how bad it is. It's not what the movie's about, but it does touch on it a lot. Yeah, it's in the actions, you know, sometimes don't, not everything is spelled out for you. Sometimes you have to infer by people's actions and their moments yeah. that they're having a revelation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Tropic Thunder was Ben Stiller's longtime passion project. The idea first came to him when he was shooting Empire of the Sun, a 1987 World War II drama directed by Steven Spielberg. Stiller plays a bit part in that as a soldier. I've seen that movie. I seem to be the only one on Earth who thinks it's boring as hell and not really worth your time. I've not seen it. It's really boring. It shouldn't be, but it is. It's Christian Bale's first movie. He's like 10. 
Stiller wanted to make a film based on the actors he knew who, after taking part in boot camp to prepare for war film uh, roles, became self-important and appeared to believe that they had been part of a real unit. Hold Apparently, on. That happens. Hold on. What? They yeah. went to boot camp? Sir, some actors, when, when they're doing a war movie, will go to boot camp and act, you know, do, do boot camp to try to get some kind of sense of what it means to be a soldier. How do you how do you do that? They'll get you know they'll make the military will make exceptions for famous people and be like yeah you can go oh my god yeah <laughs> that's insane yeah imagine being like like oh boy today I start basic training and get off the bus and there's fucking Tom Cruise next to you <laughs> let's let's be totally honest here movie boot camp ain't the same as no 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 person no. boot camp Tom no, Cruise no. is not doing it with like you know. G.I. Joe over there. No, Tom Cruise <laughs> is doing it in like fucking Club Med with like, mm. you know, a butler and a martini at ne next to him at all times. 100%. Yeah. But it, that is funny to me that like, you know, actors will do like two months at boot camp and then come home thinking they just did two tours in Iraq. Like, that's so <laughs> ridiculous to me. <laughs> oh my God. Actually, on the funny story, on the set of Saving Private Ryan, Spielberg had all the principal actors go through boot camp except for Matt Damon. I have not seen Saving Private Ryan either. I know that's a sin. I'm sorry. An awesome movie. But basically, a bunch of soldiers are sent on a mission to go find Matt Damon because all of his brothers are dead and they need to bring him home. So his mom has at least one kid left. Really sad movie. But Matt Damon, they wanted the crew to be like, they wanted the cast to be resentful towards Matt Damon because they had to abandon their mission to go find him. So they just had him not do boot camp and the actors were already pissed at him because he didn't have to do boot camp. <laughs> oh. yeah. Smart stuff. Is Tropic Thunder basically Saving Private Ryan? The story that they're trying to tell? Kind of. It's Yeah, it's like the story of Saving Private Ryan with the vibe of Platoon. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so Stiller had been trying, this had been in his head since the 80s. So he really wanted to do this right. His original plan was Keanu Reeves as Tug Speedman. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. And uh, actually, maybe Stiller himself was going to play Rick Peck, the agent. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, funny. Yeah. I, Keanu, I mean, you know, he's, he can do comedy really well. I've seen, you know, if you've seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, like he's got that. Yeah. Uh, and his action resume speaks for itself. Yeah. Um Ethan Cohen, uh not of the Cohen brothers. There's another Ethan Cohen in Hollywood, which uh Bill Murray mixed up. That's why he ended up doing Garfield. <gasps> no. Yeah, that's why he took the role because he saw it written by Ethan Cohen and he's like, Oh, it's good enough for the Cohen brothers. And then it turns out it was the other one and he had already signed the contract. Oh no. That explains Garfield. It does not explain Garfield too. Yeah, what? Money. <laughs> uh but the other Ethan Cohen created the role of Kirk Lazarus as a way of lampooning the great lengths that method actors will go to depict a role. So that character was created entirely to mock method actors. Hmm. Uh, Downey was approached by Stiller about the part when he was on vacation in Hawaii. And he said his first reaction was, this is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. And Stiller <laughs> responded with, yeah, I know. Isn't it great? <laughs> That's such a... <laughs> That's such a 
Ben Stiller thing to say. <laughs> That's confidence right there. It's like, yeah, this is terrible, but isn't that going to be fun? <laughs> uh, in another interview, Downey said that he accepted the part, but he, he had no idea where to even start building this character. I mean, he's playing an Australian actor playing a black man. What do you wh- what do you do? How do you where do you I, go from there? I mean, you would start with the Australian man. Well, he didn't. <laughs> oh, he, he started with with Sergeant Lincoln Osiris. Ah. Um, he settled on a quote jive esque speech pattern and a ragged bass voice. Okay, and uh, played it. He, he did that voice over the phone to Stiller, who was like, "Oh my God, yes." That's, so that's did he know that he was going to be in blackface? I'm sure he did. I mean, you you don't surprise that on an actor their first day on set and be like, oh, you didn't know? No, I'm sure he yeah. knew. <laughs> uh, he modeled the character on the like the Australian part, like the actor part on. Uh, he modeled the character after Russell Crowe, Colin Farrell and Daniel Day-Lewis. OK, <laughs> OK, Uh the initial script, uh, Kirk Lazarus was originally Irish, but mm. Robert Downey Jr. had already perfected an Australian accent when he did the movie Natural Born Killers, so they just let him mm. kind of do that. Okay. Yeah. You ever see that movie? It's a fucking insane movie. I have not. There's a lot of movies I have not seen. <laughs> I'm I starting to realize. We're, we're working on that. Um, Natural Born Killers was a Quentin Tarantino script that was bought by Oliver Stone and mutated by Oliver Stone to basically no longer resemble a Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, and it's pretty bad. Who's credited for the screenplay? I'm just kidding. Stone. Oh my God. No. Yeah. Basically once it was sold, Tarantino got like a check and then he, I don't, he does not consider the movie one of his. Oh, okay. I was going to say there's going to be a Netflix original called Tarrant. My God, I would kill. The, I'll write that movie. You kidding me? I'll write that movie. It'd be great. <laughs> I mean, Natural Born Killers is nowhere near as, you know, life-changing to cinema as Citizen Kane, so I don't see that <laughs> happening in the near future. <laughs> there will one day be a movie about Quentin Tarantino. That will happen. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Probably called Q or something. My God. Yeah. It'll be called The Inglorious or something. The Inglorious Bastard. <laughs> I-, I was going to say just call it The Inglorious I think The Bastard is a fantastic title. The Bastard. That'd be good. Yeah, it's good. Um, Quentin Unchained. Oh my God. That sounds like a porno. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so D- Downey, uh, ironically, is a bit of a method actor, and he stayed in character as Kirk Lazarus when the cameras weren't rolling. As Kirk Lazarus? Yeah, well, as Kirk Lazarus playing Sergeant Osiris. Oh, yes. no. Is he actually a method actor, really? Yeah. Um, oh, I wonder how he got in the role for Doctor Doolittle. Uh, he took the check. <laughs> <laughs> My preparation would just be: I would constantly watch the SNL sketch. Mark Wahlberg talks to animals. <laughs> that would be my Doctor Doolittle prep. Say, I do mother- So did did Iron Man fuck him up or something? Because no, he was kind of weird after Avengers was over. Well, I mean, he played that character for 11 years. Mm. And I'm sure, you know, the character was already kind of based on him anyway. So, yeah, that's right. Getting out of that mindset has got to be difficult. But I mean, you know, if you watched Oppenheimer, you can see that he he got out. 
Mm. I, mean, I still have not seen Oppenheimer. Watch it. I know. <laughs> My he friend did. said he was watching Barbie. He was like, this isn't that good. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Caleb finally watched both of them. He liked mm. Barbie better. Caleb? Yeah, I wouldn't have thought, but he loved No way, dude. He liked Oppenheimer, but he loved Barbie. Barbie is so fucking good. Those two movies are going to be tied together till the end of time because of all that shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Well, Downey's basically the bad guy of Oppenheimer. Oh, really? Yeah. He's the... the oh, uh, so he's, he's the good guy in real life? No. Oh, his he plays an ambitious senator who basically destroys Oppenheimer's career and then pays for it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, a great great performance. He's going to be he's likely in the running for an Oscar. Mm. Uh, the makeup required one and a half hours of makeup application, and then he was you know in the zone, <laughs> which is pretty wild. <sighs> I wonder. Do you think? Uh, this might be a dicey question. Do you think it's less offensive because the makeup was really good that he was unrecognizable? <laughs> you know what I do? I do. Yep. I think that if it had been like, you know, the fucking, you know, holiday in, you know, big red 19, lips and like the 1900. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking mammy and all that shit. Then yeah, mm-hmm. this would never have seen the light of day. But genuinely, the first time I saw this, I didn't know that was Robert Downey Jr. Until like halfway through the movie. I was like, holy shit. When I saw this, I didn't know who the hell Robert Downey Jr. was. I was 13 years old. Oh, okay. I knew Jack Black. I knew Ben Stiller. I didn't know who this guy was, but I thought he was funny. Yeah. I saw this when I was like 15. I was in high school, so I, I, I knew who he was. But um, Tom Cruise, as soon as he smiled and I saw that one perfect tooth in the middle, I was like, oh, yeah. And stuff. I, I, I remember thinking like, he kind of looks like Tom Cruise, but there's no yeah, way I did <laughs> he would never do this. <laughs> um, so Downey acknowledged the potential controversy over his role. He's been asked about this a lot, obviously, you know, for obvious reasons. He said, at the end of the day, it's always about how well you commit to the character. If I didn't feel it was morally sound or that it would be easily mis- misinterpreted that I'm just C. Thomas Howell in Soul Man, which I haven't seen, but I'm assuming that's rough, I would have mm-hmm. stayed home. Co-star Brandon T. Jackson, Al Pacino, stated, when I first read the script, I was like, what? Blackface? When I saw him act, he like became a black man. It was just good acting. It was weird on the set because he would keep going with the character. He's a method actor. <laughs> oh, man. I loved Al, Al Pacino's and his uh, relationship in the movie. I love <laughs> when he's like, that word has brought us down. And he's like, us. What the fuck? Dude, the whole, like, what do you mean, you people? Like, that, <laughs> yeah. his, his whole, he, he's so pissed at this whole situation. I, just, I love it. <laughs> um, So Stiller commented on the whole situation. He said, when people see the movie in the context of the film, he's playing a method actor who's gone to great lengths to play a black guy. The movie is skewering actors and how they take themselves so seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Stiller then previewed the film before the NAACP. And several black journalists reacted positively to the character. Oh, good. Several, which makes me think a lot of other black journalists did did not. Uh, I mean, that's that takes some fucking balls to make a movie with a blackface character and then show it to the NAACP. 
Yeah. Ooh, boy. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about... Um, this conversation might come up again in um, a later project, but how do you feel about very controversial things being put in movies? Because there are two sides of the argument. There's one where it's like, if you're going to talk about it, it needs to be in the movie and it should be in the movie and it should be talked about. But there's another camp of people that I've seen would like, I don't know, uh, like, okay, rape in a movie. Some people are like, I don't want to see that when I'm watching a movie. It has no place in a movie. Do not put it in there. I'm of the mind that everything has a place in the movie. It's mm-hmm. all about how it's portrayed. Yeah. If you're just, you know, I mean, there's a movie that, you know, for this thing we're doing that we know is like just, you know, rape the entire time. Yeah. We're not looking forward to that. We are aware of that. We're not watching that for entertainment value, but apparently there's something about that movie that has made it critically acclaimed for decades. I don't know why. I hope we see something in it. But uh, I I think it's really about personal accountability. If you Mm -hmm. have a problem with that stuff, don't watch these movies. Yeah. I think personal accountability is something that has started to kind of vanish from society and we need to put it back. Because if I don't like something... I just don't watch it. I don't try to have it removed from society, which is fucking incredibly narcissistic. It's like how, um, I know there's people who say like, oh, okay, like you shouldn't use the end slur in movies. It's the same thing in a book. If a character would say that and you're trying to portray this character as a horrible person that would use that word, why would you not use that word? The author themselves is not using that word. The filmmaker themselves are not using the word. They're trying to portray this person. Yeah. I mean, look at like a good example is the 2014 film Selma by Ava DuVernay, the movie about Martin Luther King's march to Selma, that Selma to Montgomery, that, you know, was very pivotal for the civil rights movement. That's a very important story to tell. And it's also loaded with racial slurs because the white people of Alabama in the 1960s we're very resentful of this whole situation and they're not going to be like, Oh, you whippersnapper. They're going to be, they're going to be saying some bad shit. Yeah. And if they don't, it's going to feel insincere because it is, that's just, you know, and I feel like, yeah, it's more offensive to be insincere. Me. I agree with that too. I I don't, I don't, I don't want to be just a white straight man saying what shouldn't should not go in movies. Yeah. I'm just a person that likes movies. This is just my my opinion. It's all art. It's all subjective. Your message is going to be the way that you want to tell it. If a character would say that, have them say it. Do not go around it. I agree with that 100%. And since I'm a Latin man, I guess my opinion matters more. I don't... No, I don't... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know why that's become a thing. Like, um, Yeah. Apparently, the whole like you shouldn't be judged for your words and not what you look like has apparently gone away. It has one hundred percent, yes, yeah. Anyway, just you know, it it comes down to personal accountability. If you have a problem with certain things in movies, avoid those certain things in movies, and you go watch something for you. It it, it kind of almost reminds me of like parents keeping their kids away from D and D or heavy metal music. Mm. It's like oh, but you're exposing them to like stuff that we don't agree to great then don't listen to it don't watch it yeah for me the best analogy is like if you go to a restaurant and they have fish 
but you don't like fish. So instead of just not ordering fish, you try to have the restaurant shut down. Yeah. Like that's insane. Just don't order fish. Yeah. Like it doesn't involve you. Exactly. Everything is not about you. And that's something we need to start reminding people of that. You're not the only person who has a voice here. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. You know what? Okay. Shit. Have you gone to SeaWorld ever? No, I have not. Okay. When you go to SeaWorld, they have like, you know, they show videos and clips of like polluted oceans. And like, this is awful, isn't it? That message would not work if you were not showing them fish dying in the oceans. You have to show them how bad it is in order to show how bad it is. True. But I also think, who the fuck are they to tell us that? Oh, when... see, no, yeah, yeah. That, that's, a, that's a whole different conversation. SeaWorld, horrible people. After watching Blackfish, I have never been back. Also, it's Pool World. Pool <laughs> World? Not, it's yeah. not SeaWorld. 100%. Bro, they got rid of Shamu because they said it was, you know, oh, sh- like, it's it's inhumane. They replaced Shamu with dolphins. And the whale is still there. He just doesn't do shows anymore. That's that's the wrong takeaway from all of that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. My God. Oh, yeah. At least, you know, Six Flags ain't abusing animals, so I'm going to go there. Well, Six Flags and SeaWorld is owned by the same people. God but, damn it. Yeah, but I do go to Six Flags because it, it is right here. And I, Admittedly, I haven't been to a theme park in like a decade. No. Because it's expensive and I don't have kids, so I that's fair. I got to go with friends, or it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would be weird. That'd be weird. Why is that? Let's talk about that. No, I'm just kidding. That's... I mean, it's yeah, because you know, you look like you're you know, if you're alone, if you're an adult alone at a theme park, you look like you have one goal, and that is to pick up a kid. <laughs> but like, okay, I get that 100, right? I used to be the same same way, not the same thing, but I hated going alone to things. And then one day during covid it was either before the lockdown or like right after it i went and saw a movie by myself greatest experience of my life yeah dude the amount of the amount of movies i would have missed out on if i was afraid to go by myself oh yeah is stellar i mean yeah i think it should be socially acceptable for you to go to a theme park by yourself if you want to I don't see how you can have as much fun alone as you can with other people. But if you want to go by yourself, I say go by yourself. I want to go to a theme park by myself with a huge trench coat and a creepy look in my eye. (laughs) And then when somebody complains, sue them for harassment. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) I'm minding my own business, lady. (laughs) Holy shit. You could make a really fun social game out of that. Good. <laughs> oh my god. What the hell were we talking about? Oh yeah, Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Tom Cruise. Okay. <laughs> Tom Cruise was originally supposed to just cameo. He was gonna play Rick Peck. Oh, okay. But then Cruise had the idea of adding another character, uh, the head of the studio. And that idea was incorporated into the script. And Stiller and Cruise worked together to create less grossman a middle-aged businessman and just a complete and total piece of shit. He's awful. He's the worst. Uh, the role required, he have a fat suit, large prosthetic hands, a bald cap. The 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 fat hands and the constant dancing was all Cruz. That was his idea. <laughs> and it it works so well. I, I wondered how they did his hands because those are not Tom Cruise's hands. Those are, those are fat gloves. 
Yeah. Are they really? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, they look really good. They're very well done. Yeah, it's a fantastic. So I didn't know he was fat. I thought he was just fucking built. I thought he was fucking ripped. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's got he's got some junk in the trunk. I couldn't really tell. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the idea was to keep Cruz's role a secret until the film came out. He wanted everybody to be like, "Is that fucking Tom Cruise?" <laughs> and most people did, but uh, Paramount Pictures refused to release promotional pictures. They didn't want anybody knowing Cruz was in this. It did get leaked, uh, mm. but at the same time. It was a comedy movie coming out in August. Everyone was talking about the Dark Knight and Iron Man that year. So uh, it wasn't really a priority in terms of, you know, Tom Cruise being this comedy. <laughs> it's insane. I'm now realizing I'm not old. I'm 24 years old. But this movie came out in 2008. Iron Man came out in 2008. And I'm currently playing God of War for the first time. I'm on God of War 3, which came out in 2010. That is unbelievable. Where does the time go? I know. What the fuck? I still think the 90s was, you know, 10 years ago. That's insane. It was not. It was a while no. ago. It was a long time. Yeah. <laughs> ah. So after uh, Tom Cruise, uh, he didn't take the role of Rick Peck. Obviously, he created Les Grossman. Owen Wilson was cast to play Peck. Oh. However, uh, in 2007, uh, Owen Wilson attempted suicide. What? Yeah, it was a big shock. He, I think, he cut his wrists or something, and they found him, and they he got help, and he survived, and he got in recovery, and he's been fine. Holy shit! Yeah, what movie was before that? Do you know? I want to say Night, place Night at the Museum. I think. No. Yeah. Holy shit! I've never really looked into that. I don't know how much of that is available to the public. I'm kind of afraid to find out. Owen Wilson, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So he dropped out of the film. Matthew McConaughey replaced him. But yeah, I mean, you know, him still are close. So that was a oof, scary. Damn. Oh my god. He's okay though. He li- he lived. He's fine now. Resumed yeah, his he career. Did a Google movie. You did, yeah. The the uh, the internship. The internship. Right? Great movie. Fun fun movie. I haven't seen that yet. What? It is a movie where only Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn can play the main characters. <laughs> a used car salesman and a motivational speaker. I still haven't seen Wedding Crashers. I get a lot of shit for that. Oh my god, man. See? <laughs> uh, so they tried to do a promotional tie-in excuse me, for the film's release. Paramount announced it was going to market the energy drink booty sweat in the movie. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Michael Corcoran, who is Paramount's president of consumer products, that's got to be a fun job, mm. commented, we're very excited because it has the potential to live for quite a while, well beyond the film. Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> the drink was sold in college bookstores, Amazon, and some other retailers. I don't remember ever seeing booty sweat for sale. I mean, I'm if I can find right now. Yeah, if you can find a can, if it's under 10 bucks, I will purchase one. Nothing tastes quite as good as 15-year-old soda. <laughs> Let me see. I'm going to go to eBay. Some, you, know, you know, it's surprising how many films have, like, promotional tie-ins that just didn't work. Like, Jingle All the Way had a Turbo Man doll you could get. I haven't seen Jingle All the Way. Well, I have, but I just remember I don't like it because it is 
it's a movie that's like oh gifts christmas and uh yes it's very much a movie about the commercialism of christmas but it's also about just being a good father and maybe listening to your kid once in a while Mm -hmm. it's also funny as shit and i love it um so one person selling it for 37 dollars Another person is selling it for $46 and someone else is selling 12 of them for $300. Does it come with a busted nut bar? Cause that, that would influence my decision. No, none of these come with a busted nut bar. Ah, well that's a shame. Let me see if there is one. I doubt it. I doubt they released the, the busted nut. Cause I don't know. It just doesn't seem, I, I don't want to eat that. <laughs> it would be basically a, Probably a payday is what. No, they don't. No, they don't come with a busting up bar. I'm sorry. I didn't even once think about it actually being like like peanuts. Just oh, I I just thought of you know, like a zero bar, like a white chocolate nougat type situation. I think it'd be pretty ballsy pun not intended to Mm. make it white chocolate, sweet and salty. Oh god, sorry. We got to get out of this. We got to get out of this conversation. (laughs) A payday. A payday. Sweet and salty. I do like a payday, but it's called a payday. It's not called a busting up bar. (laughs) I saw this funny thing and it was like, we're not milking these nuts. The only reason that we call it, you know, um, the the only reason that we call it almond milk is because no one can keep a straight fake face and call it nut juice. (laughs) Yeah, that would completely cripple the niche milk industry if they were just selling it as nut juice. Or skyrocket it. I mean, to really, you know, yeah, people, who knows? People are unpredictable. <laughs> when I was in high school, I wanted to start a, a nut cart because I lived in New York City at the time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to open my own nut cart and call it the Nut Shack. And all of the all of the like nut packages would be innuendos. That's cute. There was this old lady who started a a nut kiosk called D's Nuts. Her name was D. That's funny. She's my hero. She what? She's my hero. Yeah, that's good. See, that's good. That's good marketing. (laughs) Ah, Tropic Thunder was a big hit, grossing 195 million on a budget of 92 million. Pretty fantastic for wow. Okay. Nominated for a single Oscar, best supporting actor for Robert Downey Jr. Wow. What? Yep. Isn't that just irony at its finest? And uh, he lost to Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Oh, well. Yeah. But he was nominated. I mean, that's just... That's insane. Unbelievable. Comedy rarely gets any kind of recognition at the Oscars. And if so, it better be, you know, fucking Woody Allen. So the fact that a Ben Stiller comedy got any kind of recognition at the Oscars is pretty awesome. I wonder if, like, the Oscars, like, got flack for that. Like, oh, all of you are racist. Do you think that that's funny? Not at the time, but I'm sure any day now, somebody's going to attack the Oscars for that. I'm sure. <laughs> Tropic Thunder has an IMDb score of 7.1, Rotten Tomatoes score of 82%, audience score of 71%. Didn't see that coming. No. Right? Like, weird. Um, yeah. Comedy is usually audience heavy. Yeah. Critics' consensus reads, with biting satire, plenty of subversive humor and an unforgettable turn by Robert Downey Jr. Tropic Thunder is a triumphant late summer comedy. Hmm. Isn't that nice? And my only beef with this movie is that the theatrical cut has never once been released on Blu-ray. 
Yeah. I watch we I watched the theatrical cut. Yeah. I hate the director's cut of this movie. Is there even a difference? Yeah, substantial. Substantial difference in the director's what? cut. What? Why don't really? Like mm-hmm. Uh what's the, the difference? The director's cut has a number of unnecessary scene changes. Uh there's a moment of nudity that has no point and mm-hmm. they changed some of the songs. What? Doesn't have the same like rhythm as Tropic Thunder. It feels like a like a slightly different movie, and I I don't like that. Hmm. So I'm hoping. I think the, there was a 4K release of the original cut uh, last year. I haven't looked into that, but if it is the original cut, I am purchasing that when we're done here. You know why Blu-ray is the prominent format when it, it came down. down. Big gamers and porn, obviously. Big gamers and porn is what I came down to. Yeah. <laughs> Were you you talking to me this whole time? <laughs> that whole exchange was improvised. No. Yeah. Uh, Jay Baruchel just started talking about whatever popped into his head. <laughs> Downey reacted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I still I I say that all the time. Just you talking to me this whole time? Like that's <laughs> such a great, such a dick thing to say. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, with that, let's talk about this film. Uh. Absolutely. These are the most notes I have ever taken for a film. Just all the fucking quotes. It's dude, it's everything. <laughs> uh, where do you where do you want to start? But uh let's do the longest category first. Let's do quotes. Okay. Oh, I guess we'll start with survive. <laughs> Just <laughs> I like when we get home, I'm gonna teach you how to juggle. Oh my god! Um, what am I, I always love this line. It's just so sad. It's when they're doing like the Access Hollywood piece, and they go to <laughs> on Tyra, and she's like, you know, he opened up to Tyra, and she's like, "You have no real family. You're on the wrong side of forty. Somebody close to you said one more flop, and it's over." And he just goes, "Somebody said they were close to me." <laughs> so sad. Oh, oh my god! Oh boy. Your turn. Um, oh, fuck, I'm trying to go in order of the movie. Oh, that's not um, going to happen. That's not <laughs> okay. All right, fuck it. Um, I like when Tug says, "I have a son now, little half squat," and Kirk says, "Who in the crikey fuck is half squat?" <laughs> oh, crikey fuck is half. That's so great. Uh, <laughs> I love the immortal classic. I don't read the script. The script reads me. What the hell does that even mean? And they just has a breakdown. (laughs) Um, I like when um, the flaming dragon calls his agent. (laughs) And Les Grumman says, now I want you to take a step back and literally fuck your own face. It's so funny. That whole speech. The whole speech is good, but that's the part I wrote down. The first first time I saw that speech, I I thought I was going to die. I was laughing so hard I couldn't breathe. I was so stunned. That was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. I love the end of it where he just says to Sloan, like, would you uh, would you find out who that was? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do the whole speech when we do the when we get the best scene. Oh good. Uh I love uh I <laughs> when Tug and Peck have their first phone call and they're talking about like the set and Peck mentions um How's the adoption thing coming? And Tug's like, oh, not well. And Peck just goes, 
Well, at least you get to choose yours. I'm stuck with mine. <laughs> and it shows a picture of his like dopey looking kid. <laughs> That's so mean. Um, big ass titties. <laughs> That's oh my god! I... It's one thing to scream while setting off explosions. Uh, Danny fucking McBride, what a treasure to comedy that man has been. My oh, god. god, I agree. Yeah, his whole character in this is hysterical. This was my introduction to him. Uh, oh, shit, I never seen him in anything else before this. Uh, <laughs> I still constantly. The whole like you know that C four dipshit put that back like that whole that whole bit I I constantly <laughs> say just just for kicks I need someone back here who speaks American goddammit. he's making a fucking sweater back here I'm trying to put Tiger Bomb on this jungle's nuts <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I like when he's like he's like uh, what does this one do and he's like I don't know what it's called I just know the sound it makes when it lies oh my god you're a fucking garbage man. Oh, one of my favorites just it's such like if you don't have subtitles you might not even notice it it's when uh bill Hader's walking into the initial meeting with less on the screen mm-hmm. and he just says casually to to damien cockburn keep a secret camera truck in london just plowed into judy dench oh yeah he's yeah, got yeah, bigger yeah. problems <laughs> uh, oh my god well it's fuck we'll, we'll talk about it in scene but it's the scene that directly follows that Hit that director in the face really fucking hard. Really fucking hard. <laughs> I like um when Kirk is trying to take the map from Tug and he's like he says, You're more shredded than a Julian salad, man. Any tips? Any tips? Fucking his his face was like, Any tips? Any tips you got? Like he's so <laughs> and Tug falls. <laughs> I love the fuck you after he gets the map. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. Um at the end, when they're all like they're rescuing Four Leaf and Cody and Tug, and everyone's reaction to Four Leaf's hands. Yeah, you throw hands. I love Kirk. It's like you got hands. Fuck, you got hands. <laughs> they're all. <laughs> you grew hands is the best one. It's like what? <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy. Um, I love uh, Kirk's reaction to Alpa when he starts insulting Australia. And he says, like, I'm sorry, Dingo ate your baby. And he's like, you know, it's a true story. Lady lost your kid. You're about to cross some fucking lines. <laughs> Just get super pissed. It's not really a funny line, but it, it, it I think it's a, it is a, I know it's cheesy, but it's a cool one-liner. It's when um, they dress up as farmers and they go in and he's like, where's your farm? And I realize that they're lying. And then he like starts shooting and he's like, I'm a lead farmer. <laughs> so stupid, motherfucker. <laughs> I love that. Um one of my, one of my favorites is uh when Les starts doing his first dance routine and he's trying to tempt Peck with the goodies, and he's like, you know, talking to G5 for the Pecker. Mm-hmm. And he just says, No more frequent flyer bitch miles for my boy. <laughs> That line kills me every time. <laughs> and that's Tom Cruise. Leia. 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 He's like, you want me to leave my life 
long agent or my what do you say he says my best friend my favorite partner for a g5 airplane and he's like and a whole lot of money i love later when like peck has like a picture of him and tug in one hand and g5 owner in the other he's like thinking about it (laughs) (sighs) i love bill Hader in that whole scene just like being the hype man being like goody room (laughs) smack it up flip it and rub it down hey swing him below his knees No, I love this movie so much. Uh, <laughs> I love when he when Tug gets captured by the like drug people and he meets the kid and he's just he still isn't he still thinks this is a movie and he's like, were well, there some rewrites? Yeah, that I missed. <laughs> um, when uh, Peck comes in to the room and Les is on the phone. And he's like, look, fuckstick, I'm incredibly busy, so why don't you get the hell out of here before I snap your dick off and jam it into your ass? And then he, he he's on the phone and he goes, no, not you, Helen, but I w- will rip your tits off if you don't get me those theaters. I, I've, <laughs> I'd never heard the word fuckstick before. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. I love when he first runs in there and it's like, Les like, whoa, what do you need, Peck? And Peck's like, <laughs> or what do you, more like, what do you need, Les? <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's just like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I have, um, My uncle was a big fan of this movie. And uh, he gave me for Christmas last year one of the funniest gifts I've ever gotten. It is right here. It is a card with a panda on it. Oh. And it says inside, Amanda, come on, dude. That's probably not even a real name. That part was so funny. Uh, I love how quickly he had a plan for getting rid of a hooker's corpse. (laughs) Yep. Not the first time Pex had to deal with that. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Are we leaving anything? I feel like we're leaving a lot out. It's just there's so many quotes. There's so many. I love every time Rick answers the phone. He goes, yo, Tuggernauts, it's the Peck. It's the Pecker. God damn. I don't break character until I do the DVD commentary. <laughs> Funny thing, Robert Downey Jr. did the DVD commentary in character. No, he did not. He did. The DVD commentary <laughs> of Tropic Thunder is a Kirk Lazarus commentary in character. And then at the end of it, he disappears and Robert Downey Jr. shows up. That's funny. <laughs> I love a, hey, asshole, this motherfucker's dead. Ain't no Chris Angel mind freak David Blaine trapdoor horse shit jumping off here. He's like, it's corn syrup. Corn syrup and the taste exactly. of blood. Warm yeah. blood flavored corn syrup. And then the you know the the ter- oh, terrorist drug people, whatever they are, the bad the bad guys. They're like, he doesn't fear death. <laughs> oh my god. I love when um when uh, Kirk and and Tug are both trying to get Ke- uh, Kevin on their side. They both don't know his fucking name, but they like Kirk's, you know, telling him like, "I know Speedman got us out here thinking we're making Planet of the Apes on YouTube or some shit, but I don't buy it." You want to step on a real landmine? You want to die? You want to get shot by a real motherfucker? <laughs> oh, <laughs> just a quick, a couple quick, uh, quick, quick ones. Um, I like when Rick Peck shows up and he says, "They got the TiVo." 
my boy wants a TiVo, he gets a TiVo. And then I also love in the trailer at the very beginning of Satan's Alley, Kirk says, I've been a bad boy, father. I love the uh the the Access Hollywood piece. It's one of my favorite bits where they're talking about each of their careers. And <laughs> that Jack Black, uh, Portnoy, recently was busted for heroin, glue, and crack possession. And he's at the premiere of the Fatties movie. And he's like, a lot of people are disrespecting me. Like, he's all fucked up. They're saying it's just about farts, but it's about family. And fuck you. You can't do what I do. <laughs> <sighs> oh, yeah. And of course, the I mean... There's one scene we can't really talk about because of, you know, never go full. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's one of the best lines in the movie, but it really is. And then there's, um, you know, you ma, 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 make me happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Packers on a TVO mission for the YOU. This, this movie's this is one of the funniest goddamn scripts ever made. Like it, every it really line is, is, is gold. Yeah, it really is. I love the introduction of Four Leaf when he's like, you know, Quint and Jodge, like, I know a place where a man's worth his <laughs> yeah. ears hanging from his dog tag. Oh, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, hey, uh, Four Leaf, I just want to say you are a great American hero. We owe you a uh, great debt, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> Do my job. Oh, my. <gasps> Your fault. You limey fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Blast Grossman. Oh my God. Oh. All right. That's I, I know we could go on forever. We could just basically repeat the whole movie. Yeah, we could. Let's go to performance. Oof. Who, in your opinion, if you had to pick somebody, wins this movie? God. I just sat here and told you how, like, I can see the argument for why blackface is bad, but there's no one else in this movie that outperformed Robert Downey Jr. Like we just sat him or Tom Cruise. Honestly, it is a toss up between those two people. They I, are so good at what they do. I agree completely. They are. There was. Yeah, I went with Cruise personally because he had never done anything like that before. Like he was, you know, he was a blockbuster action star. He had his drama run in the '90s, but this was a douchebag film executive who loves to dance. Like that was a completely new kind of character for him. Yeah. And at first, you're like. The first time I watched this, it took me a while before I realized it was Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. That's not just makeup. That's performance. Has he done comedy since? Not really. No. Like he's done some like rom-com action shit, but it's always like an action element to it. It's, he's never yeah. done comedy like this before or since. so good. Uh, they almost made a Les Grossman movie. He almost got his own movie. Oh, shit. Really? They were developing that in the early 2010s, but I guess it just never happened. Mm -hmm. But he played Les Grossman a few more times. Like he showed up at the MTV Movie Awards as Les Grossman. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, great. It's Cruiser Downey. I agree. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just think we we've talked about method acting so many times and how I think it is needed sometimes to get the artist vision out there. But when done wrong, it's awful and laughable. And Robert Downey Jr. does that so well. The entire time I'm watching this. I always imagine fucking Jared Leto trying to be the Joker. It's so fucking funny. I think for like what really, I think what got him the nomination is the scene where he's playing the farmer because that's Robert Downey Jr. 
playing Kirk Lazarus, playing Lincoln Osiris, yeah. playing a, a farmer. Yes. I'm- it's so good. It's so good. And then the part when this is when the dudes are, what do you say? When the dudes are emerging. (laughs) So good. It's such a, honestly, there isn't a bad, like Jack Black in this movie is funny. He's still Jack Black in the movie, but whatever. Ben Stiller is still Ben Stiller, but fuck, he's funny in this movie. Everyone in this movie is good. There isn't a bad performance in this movie. I go as far as to say everyone in this movie, it's their best work. The PTSD guilt-ridden Tony Stark, I think, is better than this. But that's just me. Fair enough. I I just I think everyone in this is like giving 110%. And I've never seen them do anything like this. Like Nick Nolte as a stolen valor garbage man who lied yeah. about the whole damn thing. Like I love him in Oh, no, he, he was in the Coast Guard. <laughs> Sanitation department. Oh man. Oh, when Danny McBride calls him the Millie Vanilli of Patriots. <laughs> yeah 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 i agree yeah he's he's fantastic i love steve coogan's brief brief bit as the director who steps on a landmine yep that's funny <laughs> the chopper is god and i am jesus christ his son <laughs> let's make the best war movie ever dead <laughs> i love that they all kind of just like consider what happened and jack black just goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh yeah um yeah it's hilarious i do think bill Hader's a bit underused but he wasn't really huge yet he is i just watched again it's like a couple days after christmas i just watched noel for the first time bill Hader plays santa claus in that movie well have you seen it i have not he plays like the new santa and he is so fucking funny in that movie bill Hader is funny in anything he's in yeah he is have you ever seen have you seen there will be blood Yes, is he in it? No, he's not. No, no but he did <laughs> he did an SNL sketch as um, Daniel Plainview doing a milkshake show on Food Network. Where he like went across the country looking <laughs> for the best milkshake and he goes there to drink your milkshake. And his Daniel was fucking perfect. Really? It was so great. Look that up when we're done here. It's a fantastic. Is he, is he playing uh Plainview or is he playing Daniel Day Lewis? He's playing Plainview. That's funny. Yeah, he's like, "Welcome to the show." <laughs> what we do here is we look for milkshakes. It's, it's so good. <laughs> Have you seen Barry? No, but I've heard it's really, really good. I think he. I want to watch it because I love Bill Hader. But I think he plays as like a an actor or a comedian. He's a a hitman who wants to become an wants to be an actor. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. I have <laughs> only Bill Hader could play. Only Bill Hader. I have a Stefan Pop somewhere when i found out that they like they wrote that character to get bill Hader to break like it just made sense well yeah that's why he covers his mouth because he's fucking (laughs) have Uh, you seen his his impressions are good his john malkovich is good he did it in front of malkovich and malkovich was like i don't sound like that and And he's he's no you sound exactly (laughs) like this yeah He's hysterical. He's one of the best like comedians SNL ever produced. 100%. Yes. Is he still on? He is still on SNL, isn't he? No, he left a long time ago, but he, he uh, has hosted it a couple times since. Damn. The current the current run is okay. They don't really have any like real big standouts. 
So my stance on SNL, people who say it's not funny anymore, I'm sorry to tell you, but you are just too old for the show at that point. <laughs> it, it evolves for the generation. That's what the whole point of the show is. That's what it is. Yeah. I agree. There's been, you know, I mean, the 80s was a hell of a dry run until Eddie Murphy showed up. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you just got to give it time. SNL, you know, becomes SNL again. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, if a show is going to last that long, it's going to have some dry spells. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I love Brandon T. Jackson as Al Pacino. He does such a great job yeah. playing this super um, fed up actual black guy who can't believe this is happening. You know, I love Jay Baruchel as the you know the film school kid who got his big break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, because Everyone... that's right. Because he says that when you went to when he went to because he actually went to boot camp. Yeah, he's the only one who went to boot camp. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that they all can't get his name right. Like they all call him like, you know, Sarducci or Kyle or something. <laughs> oh yeah. Hilarious. Good stuff. Um, let's do music. This has a really good soundtrack. The fucking, the weird chanting that's in every death scene now when four leaf was getting shot and he's like falling. And it's like the, it's like, I don't know that weird, choir as he's dying yeah it's it's directly like a, a mockery of platoon like the whole scene when he like lifts his hands in the air and everything that's all platoon oh really yeah it's 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 hysterical <laughs> <laughs> uh i love the opening credits uh ball of confusion by the temptations kind of setting the stage for like this mm-hmm. vietnam and then it turns out yeah. you know, it's not <laughs> um apple bottom jeans Fucking low. The universe is speaking to us. <laughs> just have to listen. Fucking flow rider. <laughs> oh my god. This is the good part, Pecker. This is when the job gets fun. <laughs> uh, I I think Al Pacino's "I Love the Pussy" is is a jam. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yes, yes. Apparently, when he was thinking that though, he was thinking about dangling his dice over Lance's forehead. Lance. What the fuck did I just hear, Lance? I love fucking. He's sitting next to Lance Bass at the end of the movie. I love that. Nope. <laughs> yeah, that's hysterical. I love that the ending, like at the Oscars, like Danny McBride has an Oscar. He won Best Visual Effects, probably. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so they made a movie about the movie failing. Yeah, because remember all the movie the whole time. Remember, Damien had hidden cameras throughout the whole fucking valley. So, like, they filmed all of that. So, they just made that into a movie. I mean, is that really? I mean, that's a documentary, but you know, whatever. Did they uh, make a documentary for this? They made a fake. Do- yeah. So, there's a, a, a real documentary called Heart of Darkness, which is about the super difficult production that Apocalypse Now had. Hmm. So, Tropic Thunder made a fake one called Reign of Madness. That's <laughs> about the super difficult production that. The fake war movie Tropic Thunderhead. It's like twenty minutes long, but they all act in character. Like Damian Cockburn's like I they're such prima donnas. I've never worked with actors like this. And Kirk Lazarus so in character, like, I'm gonna make this movie my way. And we just it's so ridiculous. Oh man. <laughs> um I love the end credit song, Get Back by Ludacris. Fucking perfect. Just one last I love Yeah, I wrote that down too. That's Les Grossman like pulling out his bling and like this. Yeah. <laughs> fucking dork. He's got moves though. Yeah. Um, I like the it's like subtle ambient music that's playing after he kills the panda. 
and he's like talking to Peck on the phone. He's like, I killed one. I love the no, and the, yeah. the, the look of panic on the panda's face cracks me up every time. Oh man, <laughs> um, there's a song called I think it's The Pusher by uh Steppenwolf when uh Portnoy loses his jelly beans. Yep, yeah, sitting down for a break. He's like, Ah, I fucking hate movies, and the bat comes out of nowhere and steals his heroin, and he freaks the fuck out. Oh my god. Um, yeah. So, good song and good moment. And if you have the subtitles on, you can see you can see what Jack Black's yelling about in the background as he tries to catch a bat the whole time. <laughs> my favorite bit was uh isn't anyone gonna help me catch this fucking thing? Why are they even <laughs> out in the daytime? <laughs> oh boy. Um and then you know, credences run through the jungle. Oh yeah. I mean that's in every you can't have a Vietnam War movie without having that. You know, you'd think that, but actually, like, the only one that actually has a Creedence song is Forrest Gump. Really? Yeah, found that out recently, and I, I didn't fucking believe it, but I had to look it up. It's like, yeah. Fortunate Holy. Son is in that movie, but most Vietnam movies don't have any Creedence. I love how that's, like, a meme. It's like, oh, you're making a Vietnam movie? You're going to have Fortunate Son play in the, in the movie? Yeah, kind of funny. It's like, it only happened one time. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Yeah. Um yeah. Good soundtrack. Solid soundtrack. Um all right. Scene. <laughs> There's so many. The opening credits. When it well, the opening title cards spaced out between the movies. Okay. He's bl- I'm still what? Like the trailers showing all oh. the actors. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Those are great. The Scorcher, the fatties, Devil's Alley, Satan's Alley. Yeah. That's. <laughs> those are funny. I was hoping since this was a huge success, we were actually going to get like a Scorcher movie. I thought they were going to do that. That would be so fucking funny. <laughs> Only if Ben Stiller did the press junket as Tugs Beedman. Yeah. They could make a Scorcher movie in the same style. They could. Oh my god, could you imagine Tropic Thunder 2 is them making Scorcher, but the world actually is ending? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm kind of glad there's no sequel to this. I like that it exists in its own, you know, it's, it's yeah. one entity. The Les Grossman movie, while it sounds like a good idea, probably would have sucked. Mm, yeah, it would have. I mean, when the Big Lebowski got, you know, did a Jesus Quintana movie, that was horrible. Did it really? There's a movie that came out a few years ago called The Jesus Rolls, and it's about Quintana, and it's horrible. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, I the scene where uh, <laughs> where Portnoy sneaks off to have just a little taste, and <laughs> yeah. comes up behind him, and he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Fucking nothing, man!" <laughs> Starts like grabbing it up. It's like I'm eating jelly beans. It's like, "Oh, I love jelly beans. Can I have some?" He's like, "No, you can't have any fucking jelly beans." Like, freaks out at him. Like boundaries, <laughs> man. Fuck. Like, that whole bit was hysterical. Just him like flinging the giant handful of heroin <laughs> into the jungle because he got caught. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, I like um, Les Grossman on the uh, Skype call in the big meeting, and he goes, he goes, "Where's the fucking director? Okay, where's the key grip? I want you. 
to go punch that director in the face really fucking hard. Best part of that is the key grip without hesitation walks over to Damien's like, I'm sorry, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't say no. When the studio head tells you to punch the director, you punch the director. Yeah. <laughs> I love Les is like, ooh, like after he gets punched, like he just did it. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, that scene's fantastic. Um, my favorite scene is is the ransom call where Flaming Dragon tries to tell, tries to ransom Speedman and Les interrupts and gives the guy a tirade. You know, first take a big step back and literally fuck your own face. And he does. I don't know what kind of pan Pacific bullshit power play you're trying to pull here, but Asia Jack is my territory. So whatever you're thinking, you better think again. Otherwise, I'm going to have to head down there and I will rain down an ungodly fucking firestorm upon you. You're going to have to call the fucking United Nations to get a fucking binding resolution to keep me from fucking destroying you. I'm talking scorched earth, motherfucker. I will massacre you. I will fuck you up. Beauty, pure comedic genius. Oh my God. He's talking to a terrorist group and he knows he's talking to a terrorist group. No fear. Did you find out who that was? I, I love it. I love the little begin like when Rick thinks he's being like Tug's being poached, and he's like, "Let me tell you something, shitbird. <laughs> yeah. I've never even heard of your little agency." <laughs> oh, God, that was yeah. When he gets kidnapped, and he's like, "He's like, you you left my agency. Who who are you going to?" <laughs> Over TiVo, he thinks. I love that. Um, yeah, that, and then the second call. With Grossman, where he, you know, we don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> like, <I don't, laughs> yeah, they applaud him like he's the fucking president. Yes, yes. yeah, uh, one hundred so, million. I got a better idea. How about instead I send you a hobo's dick cheese? What? <laughs> oh my god, so good. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think I like. I, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say when uh, when Tug gets kidnapped by them and he starts spitting and he's like yeah yeah again do it again do it again he's like all right let's do the tortured scene next guys hey damien god damien god god oh i love when it looks like portnoy is gonna like assault a water buffalo yeah oh oh fuck i forgot to say that quote he's like i have to wear his skin his stomach skin as a leotard I'm going to bite his eye. He just <laughs> bleedly out of his fucking mind. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Um, I love the scene where they finally confront Tug about the map and they just, you know, piss him off. He's like, are you really going to abandon this movie? You're supposed to be a unit. Kirk, suck my unit. Just They just hate each other so much. <laughs> He's like, do you know where you're going? Yes, I do. I'm going to exterior jungle. Dusk. Kirk's like, or you be all you can be, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! And then that I love that Jeff's like just starting to feel the the withdrawal symptoms, and he's just in the back, like freaking out. Yep. <laughs> oh, he's like, he's like, it's fucking cold. I'm so cold. You want my flak jacket? Are you kidding me? It's so hot outside. It's boiling. Just randomly goes. I gotta take a fucking twelve pound shit. <laughs> Freaking out. Oh my god. I love when he just like panics when uh Kevin reveals like they went the wrong way and he's just like shit 
check, 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 check. I'm like freaking out. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> There's never um, a dumb moment. No, I like when um when they go to rescue him, and you know the jig is up. They're not farmers; they're actors. And uh, Jeff, uh, he like he holds the leader at gunpoint, and it's like, tell me where the drugs are. And like, are you kidding me? And he's like, don't judge me. I love when they tie him to the tree, and he's like, anybody got some bug spray? Don't ignore me. <laughs> he like he offers to suck Alpha's dick. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he's like, what did he say? He says, your mom is a whore. And they're like, God damn, man. And he's like, hey, remember a few minutes ago when I called your mom a whore? I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Well, he's like, hey, Radar, Evans. It's like, no, man, it's Kevin. Kev, whatever the fuck, get over here. <laughs> <sighs> he's like, hey, you got to tie me to a tree. I got to get this shit out of my system. I'm going to try to get you to untie me. I'm going to say all kinds of shit. I'm going to say, hey, guys, I'm fine. Do not listen to me. And then it cuts to him. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm fine. It's out of my system. Anything I fucking say is a lie. I love he does this weird thing with his face where he's like, like <laughs> having trouble like making faces. I don't know what that was, but it kills me. <laughs> so good. Uh, shit. I love scene I love is when uh, it's actually a good mu- music moment too. Uh, when Four Leaf finally steps up with the goddamn flamethrower and like, yeah. starts taking him down and fucking Frankenstein by Edgar Winter starts playing. Oh yeah, that was bitch, and he's screaming partially because he's like. You know, adrenaline, and also because he's fucking terrified. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, a good moment that wasn't funny. I thought it was it was good when they come with the plan to save Tug. Yeah, and he's like, "We're not actors." Oh no, he's a, he says, "But we're not trained soldiers." He's like, "No, but we are trained actors." I thought that was good. That was a good good scene. I love when he after after that he's like, "I'm not going to sugarcoat it." I don't expect all of us to make it back. And Jeff's like, what do you mean? Like, not on the same flight? <laughs> um, I love when Jeff tries to, like, explain his, like, titty comedy plan and the music's swelling. Like, it's this big, brilliant yeah. idea. And nobody, and then, like, they're all like, every shoot over. <laughs> He's looking at him like, huh? Right? <laughs> God damn. I love the, uh, when the, the terrorist guys, they make... Speedman do simple check. Yep. No, no. Say it again. The way that you just did it. (laughs) You gotta make me feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh boy. Yeah. This it's a perfect movie. It's a it's an easy five out of five for me. This is one of my favorite. Oh, so damn funny. Um. All right. With that. Let's see what the people of Letterboxd have to say on our final segment, What's in the Box. What's in the fucking box? Tropic Thunder has a 3.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd. That's surprising. Okay. It's pretty good, considering a lot of people just hate this movie on principle. Yeah, I can see that. Again, I don't I don't think they're they're wrong, but I don't think that they're right. I see where they're coming from. Let me put it that way. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I feel, I have a lot of thoughts on that that could get me in trouble. So I'm just going to keep it to myself. <laughs> this first one's from Christmas DeLeo. Quote, how about I send you a hobo's dick cheese? 
a sentence that I never thought would be uttered by world famous movie star Tom Cruise. Four and a half stars. <laughs> oh, man. Then do whatever you want. Skin the fucking bastard. Go to town, man. Go to town. That's <laughs> right. Oh, man. Um, this next one's from Nad- Nadia. Made it to the 20 minute mark. After seeing RDJ doing literal blackface, I couldn't watch anymore. How did anyone think that was okay? Half a star. Because, well, because it's showing how awful it is. If you only watch the first 20 minutes of this movie, you're not going to, you're not going to get the point. Yeah. Oh. This next one's from Miles Young. So I'm not allowed to like what Forrest Gump anymore, but this is okay. Fuck you. Fuck this movie. Ben Stiller, buddy. I'm sorry, but fuck you. Half a star. What? I mean, you can't like Forrest Gump anymore. Is that a controversial movie? Because it's Tom Hanks not doing full. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess okay. I don't get I, the movie. Never says what? anything bad about Forrest Gump. I don't get your point did, here. Did Did Rain Man get shit on? No, he won. As the movie points out, he won Best Actor for that movie. Got Best Picture. So, yeah, I I don't know. Okay. I, this is this seems like a guy trying to like make a point where there's no point. Yeah. This next one's from Katie Nash. <laughs> only, only good part was when the kid was flung into the water. Half a <laughs> I forgot about that. Half oh, <laughs> that was wrong. I was wrong. Blow the bridge. Stabbing him in the neck. Just, oh, man. Him into the, oh, my God. That was so stupid of him to be like, I, I can speak to them. I have a connection. Like, where did that come from? Yeah, I got this. I got it. Who the crocky fuck is <laughs> I like what he has. He has the fucking Oscar. He's like, my friend made this. His name is Twigman. Does he want to come with us? <laughs> oh. He was there for like six hours. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and he lost his fucking mind. And he, then they go outside and he's like, ah, at the sun. Like, dude, it was a not even a day. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and this last one, this isn't really funny. I, it is something I want to, I'm curious as to your opinion here. Because this guy, he has a point, but also I do think he's being a little much about it. This is from Dylan, because of course his name is Dylan. <laughs> Why do people like this? Call me sensitive, okay, but this just felt like it used people of color and neurodivergence for shock factor. Half of the jokes in an ooh-he-went-there sort of way, and how reductive to use blackface to attempt to comment on the disrespect and oppression of black people in the name of white art and self-actualization, yet depict Vietnamese people as one-note faceless savages in a blockbuster landscape already riddled with Vietnam War movies doing just the same. I understand the idea to satirize the ethics of profiting from stories of disability or hardship, but I'm not sure if Ben Stiller is the person capable of telling it. It mostly just read as an edgy, anti-woke positioned Adam Sandler movie, which themes and jokes don't properly land despite heavy-handed efforts. It's not soft to not find this funny. Left a gross taste in my mouth. Half a star. So so again, yeah, like if you're going to comment on it, you can't. It's like it's like selling merch and calling yourself a sellout. You can't do that. Like you're still a sellout, you know? Yeah. Um, so I get it, but again, 
but again, that's that's the character. The character is a piece of shit who will go so far as to do blackface. Yeah. That's the point. And I don't think that the the Vietnamese are not detected as they're not depicted as faceless savages in this movie. They have names. They're also Cambodian, as they point out in the movie. They're not in mm-hmm. Vietnam anymore, so maybe get that right. But um yeah, I don't this is not a Vietnam War movie. This no, is this is a modern comedy. Yeah. So I I don't I don't think I don't think that's fair to to bring that up. I don't think that's right. But you know, people if you, I I don't have an argument for people who take offense to this movie. I don't. Yeah, no. I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> Comedy is subjective, you know? What I find funny, you might not find funny. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, I I'd like to I I want to live in a world where not everything works because if every movie's amazing, none of them are. Yeah, exactly. Well, that about wraps it up. This was a blast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. If you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or send us a message through the socials. Check out our Letterboxd accounts for daily reviews. If you search for me at Connor95 and in my friends list, you can find the rest of the team. Check out the website, filmgasm.com, where I have a link to that letterbox. You can also find articles, trailers of upcoming films, and every episode of our show. If you'd like to become a monthly donor to Filmgasm Productions, click on the link in the episode description. From there, click on Support This Podcast. You can choose to donate a dollar a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month, and all donations go right back into the show. Thanks to the entire Filmgasm team for their contributions. Thanks to Cooley Cow for our awesome theme music. Thanks to you for checking it out. So this is the last Filmgasm of the year. And the 80th episode since we rebooted the show in an attempt to shake things up. That stretch of 80 episodes from our Best Picture Tournament back in March to this episode will be dubbed the Filmgasm Experiment. It was fun. It was random. It's time to move on. This was... The old shows were getting stale for us. We were bogged down. We had a lot of we had a lot we were doing, and we needed to, to shake things up. And this was our way to just kind of do whatever the fuck we wanted for a few months. But, you know, the vacation's over. <laughs> <laughs> a good vacation. It was. So now we're going to, instead of, you know, going home and living life, we're going to vacation somewhere else. <laughs> that's, that's how I see this show. Just a, a vacation from life for a little bit. So we're basically going back to basics. We're restarting the canon starting next week with a more thoroughly researched, more focused podcast centered entirely around the four corners of genre movies. Horror, action, sci-fi, and fantasy. Every film we discuss on the show, which will be released every Wednesday, will fall under one of those four genres. So that's all-encompassing horror, action, sci-fi, fantasy. Very few exceptions. That's where we're going to stay. And we're going to just, you know, do what we've been doing, make it a little bit more researched and focused. And yeah, I think it's going to be fun. And it is going to start with episode one. So like total, you know, if that was, if what we've been doing was a reboot, this is a remake. (laughs) I guess the best way to, this is the remake. This is Dawn of the Dead. This is House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, it's not Nightmare on Elm Street. We're better than that. (laughs) So we're going to start. If this is a remake, let's start with one of the best remakes of all time, John Carpenter's 1982 masterpiece, The Thing. Going to be a blast. If you haven't seen The Thing, it is one of the greatest horror films of all time. A bunch of Arctic Arctic researchers stumble onto an alien organism that replicates anything it touches organically, 
And now they have to kill this thing before it destroys all of them and gets to the mainland and destroys mankind. So, yeah, it's amazing. I'm so excited to do this. I'm excited to adapt our new research strategies to this movie. And uh, there it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, now it's real. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's going to be really cool. Until then, we hope you enjoy a much-needed trip back to basics. God knows we're going to enjoy it. Take it easy. Keep watching movies. And we'll see you next year. Happy New Year. Thank you.